All right. Welcome back at it to another episode of the Life in Red podcast. We're lifeinredpodcast.com, at Life in Red Podcast on Facebook, on Instagram, and Life in Red Pod on Twitter. My guest today, and if you asked me when I started this podcast, if I would ever talk about fashion, I probably would have laughed. But here I am talking about fashion, specifically men's fashion. And uh, it couldn't have been a better conversation. It, w- it was amazing. And if anyone who knows me knows uh, fashion isn't my first language. I'm the, I'm the type of guy who uh, dresses very conservatively and, you know, d- blue denim, black shirts is, is pretty much my entire wardrobe. And uh, I, I was really happy to get into it and learn a little bit more about the, the philosophy and sciences behind fashion. And we talk a whole, a bunch of whole, we talk about a whole bunch of things as I get my, my tongue right there. Um, from fast fashion to matching to sustainable fashion and, and the industry and, and making it you know more friendly to the lower income countries and, and exploiting workers and giving them equal rights and, and climate change and a whole bunch of things and we even get into dressing as a man like as as a man uh, a confident successful man but also kind of breaking down those barriers as, as gender becomes more fluid. And it, w- it was so great. Uh, you can check her out at bousquetfashion.com. She is a independent fashion consultant, private personal stylist for entrepreneurial men, offers some services in, in a whole bunch of languages. Definitely go check her out if you're looking to uh, up your wardrobe and, and portray some confidence and really express yourself through clothing and experimenting. I couldn't recommend her enough, and you'll see that in this conversation. So please give it up for my guest, Camila Bousquet. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right. Uh, when I started this podcast two and a half years ago, if you said, Ryan, you do an episode on fashion, I probably would have laughed because fashion is the least sort of thing in, in, my, in my wheelhouse of expertise. Uh, but really pleased to be joined today by uh, Camilla. Thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you for having me, Ryan. This, it's, it's exciting. Spring's in the air. I know we're in a pandemic and, and everything. And sometimes it, you know, we like to be in our, our sweatpants and pajamas and that, that's totally reasonable. But, you know, I, I found for myself, especially probably in the, le- like the, the second half of last year, when we really started to be like, okay, this is going to be in for the long haul. I still found getting dressed, even though I was at home, um, and, and doing all the work from home and not seeing anybody, but like still getting dressed and ready for my day really helped me. And that's what, when we connected, I thought it might be an interesting topic, uh, to get into fashion. And especially cause I have no fashion and all my ex-girlfriends are going to listen. If they listen to this, they're gonna be like, Ryan, I tried to tell you this years ago. What are you doing? Um, so I, I wanted to start off and hear a little bit about your story and, I can't imagine fashion is an easy industry to try to break into and, and launch a business and a career. So when did it start for you? And what, why are you so kind of passionate about this, this, this subject? Yeah, so my journey started when I was very, very young. When we first moved to Canada, um, which I'm originally from Peru, 
Um, I we first moved here and I got all these hand-me-down clothes from my cousins and um, friends of family, things like that, uh, because I had never seen a winter before. So I would take these sweaters, um, pants, things of the sort, and I would cut them up, put them together, put like a green sleeve with a black uh, bodice and just make it my own in that sense. Um, there's also like pre-made bows that you can buy. Uh, I would do like embroidery on my pants. So that was my main creative outlet uh, when we first moved mm. to Canada. It was out of necessity more than out of fashion. Um, because when you're given something that is not yours, you want to make it yours. Um, fast forward to a few years down the line in high school, we moved to Ottawa. Um, so I started when we first moved to Canada, we moved to Montreal. And then in high school, I moved to Ottawa. And I changed high schools a few times. The second high school that I went, uh, that I went to was an art high school. So I started learning how to sew properly because before mm. I was awful stitching. <laughs> and at the same time, at 16, I started working in retail. So very passively at first, I was just interested in getting a paycheck. So I worked at Garage and Dynamite, um, which if you don't know, they are owned by the same company. So I had the chance to go back and forth. Um, and amidst that switch between the two stores because garage is a little bit more casual dynamite is dressier um i'd have to wear like you have a different dress code when you go into work into the two different places and i felt different when i dressed better so i preferred working at dynamite um and from there i just worked in retail up until recently um, I worked at different brands, different companies. Uh, I studied in business management as well, so that it really tied in nicely with the whole business of retail and what fashion is. Um, and that gave me the background information in terms of like, how do you do like, uh, you know, inventory tracking? How do you make sure that you hit some key performance indicators? How do you hire the best team, which really, to this day, it's one of the most valuable skills that I have learned, how to work with people you love. Um, and then fast forward to today, I am now uh, starting my own fashion consulting company and I do private styling for clients. And most of my clients are entrepreneurs, CEOs of companies. Mm. They need to represent their own brand and they need to look the part for it. So I really help them by optimizing what they already have um, clear, clearing out their closet because a lot of the time they buy, buy, buy from different trips, from things like that, and they get overwhelmed and feel like they don't know what to wear. So my main mission is optimize it so that they can focus on the goals that they have for their business and not have to focus on fashion. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, it's a good point. Um, and especially as you move up and to the world of like nice suits and, and dressing a little bit more fancy than you know, skinny jeans and, and a t-shirt, uh, it becomes that much important. Um, I am curious. So I guess really to start off this conversation, it, the, the fashion world has really escaped me because I never know like what's considered fashionable. 
I don't know. I, I mean, there's the trends, you see what's coming in, but like, you know, never know what works and, and what doesn't work. And what I think works apparently doesn't work to some people. Um, and it wasn't until I started watching uh, Queer Eye with, with Ton and I was like, oh yeah, French tuck, like, let's do this. Uh, like, you know, open my mind up a little bit. So what makes something fashionable? Like what, how do things become trendy? How do they not like, is it all based on personal preference or is there general themes? So there are fashions that come back in cycles. Right now you're seeing a lot of early 2000s coming back Mm -hmm. in a circle, full circle of mom jeans and polo shirts, things of the sort. However, if you take, um, if you start developing your own perennial style, which is really what I try to anchor with all of my clients, you don't have to follow these trends because you now know what works for your body type, what works for your lifestyle, and what colors look best on you. And that's like, that will never change throughout the course of your life. It's simple guidelines that you now are aware of because it's all about raising awareness. And now that you know those guidelines, it's easier for you to shop because you know exactly what you want and what you need. It takes less time for you to get dressed in the morning because you know the type of person you are portraying when you get dressed in the morning. And you are more comfortable throughout the day because at the end of the day, when you're confident, you're comfortable. Right. What made you make the transition to like men's fashion? Um, I think that for a lot of men, for a lot of different reasons, whether that's just naivety or ignorance or, you know, I reference this all the time, but I grew up on a, in a small town. And I mean, if you've ever been to small towns you know it's work boots jeans and and flannel with a John Deere hat type thing Um, and people are very resistant to any sorts of fashion or or expression uh, especially through clothes so it must be a challenge I would think how did why the transition to men instead of focusing on maybe women's fashion which potentially could be easier so one of the things that really Um, made me flourish into my own personal fashion journey was my dad's perennial style. I used to make fun of him like throughout my life. I was like, Hey, like you, you, you're always wearing the same things. Like my dad's very classic. He's wearing khakis, button up dress shirt um, and Sperry shoes. I'm sure you can already picture the type of man that he is. And that's, exactly like what he's been wearing throughout the entire course of my life and much longer before (laughs) so he inspired me the most in terms of fashion sense and I had the opportunity to work in the men's department at Nordstrom when they were first opening up I worked there for two years and I loved um, tailoring items and how again like it's very perennial um, which is a, honestly my favorite word is perennial today. I was going to ask you, what, when you say perennial, what do you kind of mean by that? So it's timeless. Okay. Perennial is establishing such a deep sense of who you are that it is timeless and it evolves little by little, but it still has the same values at its core. Um, right. So yeah. when you were putting together these outfits for, for men and, and you're looking for these 
perennial items or I guess general guidelines for for men like how do you start determining those things? Do you, are you like asking them questions about their, their, like this, their general life? Are you trying to get to know their personality? And then like, you already have this, like, okay, well, I know Ryan's kind of goofy and ridiculous. So I think he would look really good in this lemon shirt. Like, is that like how you're like trying to put it together or is there like less of a science to it and more of just like a, a general flair for me, from you? No, it's definitely a science. Um, so first, when you go to my website um, and you try to work with me, you get to fill out a questionnaire. So that way I get to know you a little bit better, what you do for a living, what your hobbies are. Um, and I dress you for function more than anything else and what your goals are. Because a lot of the times, um, what I've personally seen in my clients is that they have these big goals, this big vision of who they want to be but they don't know how to get there. The way I bridge that gap is through fashion and other elements like mindset, um, personal training. Um, I work with a lot of different people in the community that do that realm um, mm. of improvement. Um, but yeah, so you fill out that questionnaire and then the first assessment is a 15 minute call to see what your biggest problem is in this, at this point. So once we assess what that one big problem is, which honestly, there's probably maybe five. One of them is I wore a uniform or I've worn the same thing and I now need to get dressed for myself and need to build everything from the ground up. The other problem is I have way too many things and I have lost my sense of style along those lines. And then a third problem is um, I'm currently transitioning into something else in my life. Mm. So now I need to dress for that part. Um, and I have like a bigger ambition of where I want to be headed now. So those are a few of the reoccurring themes that I see. Um, other problems might entail like, I don't know what colors look best on me. Like I, I wore purple the other day. I, look, I looked so washed out. I looked sick in pictures. Well, that's because you didn't take the time to assess your undertone of your skin color. So little tips and tricks like that, that I go over in a 15 minute call. It's super easy. And then from there, I have next step recommendations. So whether that's um, organizing your wardrobe and how we can go about doing that, or if um, you're interested in getting some new items into your wardrobe, um, and I always try to focus on recommending sustainable brands because that's important to me. I think it's important for the universe as a whole. So mm -hmm. I try to share my knowledge with people in that regards. Yeah, uh, I think back to when I first transitioned to my first office job and you go from young party style, you know, just have no concept of what it's like to work in an office. And when you go in and even me, like I, working in radio, it is very lax. Like there, there is no dress code policy really other than don't be a slob, but like, even just being like, I want to dress nicer, but like, I can't afford like these nice things. It's like, what do I do? How do I make it work? And, and it, it was such a confusing time but it leads me into what you just said about sustainable fashion and kind of the topic I was just on is this idea of fast fashion. And that's something I don't know a lot about, but 
I mean, I'm aware of it from documentaries and, and the internet. And, you know, when you're making this transition, especially from a young person to quote unquote, an adult, I mean, this really helps in a way bridge a gap because it offers nice clothes that, you know, are okay. They don't last long, but they're okay, but they're cheap. They're inexpensive and you can get them to help with that transition into life. But then when you learn how much damage it's doing, can you talk a little bit about what is fast fashion and, you know, how it's harming the world right now? So fast fashion is a very big topic, but one of the things that I am most passionate about, because as I've worked in retail, um, I have this like acute knowledge of what fast fashion is. Um, it's anything that, uh, well, first of all, fashion is one of the biggest pollutants in the world. Mm. Like point blank, it's straight up bad. It water, it, it um, pollutes water, it pollutes the air. It's a lot of moving around because you, you have to get clothing from place A to place B um, and oftentimes to a place C now with online shopping um, and major distributors, things of the sort. So there is a few different ways that you can define sustainable fashion. The first one is um, they recycle fabrics. So there's a few companies that are now recycling fabrics and oftentimes they have to be prime fabrics such as cottons, wools, hemp, um, there's other elements, but anything that doesn't have too much elastic um, and you know, fake fabrics, I would call, right. um, is a little bit better for the world. Now there's another um, part of it is that um, sustainable fashion may use less water or may use rainwater for the production of their clothing, which is a little bit better. So those are two elements. The third one is paying fair wages. If you're paying fair wages, you are sustainable for your employees, your workers, and everybody involved in the company. Um, and then there's distribution channels as well. So how are you distributing those clothes worldwide? Are you doing e-commerce? I think e-commerce is actually a great, um, like it's great to, to work in that industry because it goes direct to consumer most of the time. You're seeing a lot of companies on Etsy um, and it's like a mom and pop shop on Etsy, like making a living wage by producing garments for others. And I think that's fabulous. Like I love mixing technology with fashion um, because mm. so little, little story, background mm -hmm. story. Um, so I worked in fashion and retail, like I said, and then I did my diploma in business management. And after that, I actually ended up working in tech and finance. So those are elements that are really important for me to, um, you know, you can use so much technology to better the world. And you can also take into consideration finance for every individual involved in a fashion company, but also for the consumer. I think it's really important to lower the cost per wear of an item by buying sustainably. Interesting. Okay. So when you're saying cost per wear, it's more, it might be a little bit more expensive off the top, but like, by you'll be able to wear it and get more out of it than you know 
say something that's a lot cheaper. Absolutely. That is my number one goal is to make people understand the cost per wear for the items they own. Maximize what you already have, um, repair if there's a little snag or anything like that, um, and maximize like the longevity of those items. Right. And I see why that's super important because one of my, my biggest frustrations is I'll buy like a, a nice shirt or something from, I'm not going to name the company in case whatever they hear it, but I'll, I'll buy a shirt. I like it and I'll, I'll wear it. fits nice and I'll wash it. And then it comes out and it's either becomes like way too expanded or becomes really shrunk or, you know, I'm like, but I like, what, what's going on? <laughs> I just bought it now. Like it doesn't fit right. Or, like throughout the day, like the shirt will fit nice in the morning. Then all of a sudden it just like, it like balloons out throughout the day. And then like, I don't want to wear it. Cause then it looks like I'm wearing a parachute. <laughs> so like, it's just, and I, I think that's important for people to realize that, that I like that cost per wear kind of way you put it and, and that line of thinking, cause you're right. That's a lot better. Yeah. I think of it as an investment too, you know, like, <laughs> from my background in finance like you need to think of things long term nothing is right here right now everything has a um like a future value so if that future value is near the cost that you paid for that item then you're bridging that gap between the the cost so let's say for example i buy i don't know a prada purse just to give you an example. Um, the retail cost might be $1,600, but I wear it for six years consistently and it lasts a long time. It's handmade, um, you know, and very high quality, has gone through a lot of quality assurance testing. That's the difference between a lot of designer goods and uh, fast fashion is a quality assurance behind it. They've like tried to break the item 80 times before it even gets to you. (laughs) And um, yeah. And then you sell it down the road after six years, after you have worn it almost daily um, and you sell it for, let's say a thousand dollars. That's still really like that. That's optimizing your money because you now have invested into a piece that you can resell for a value that's close to what you paid for and taken into account the amount of times you have worn it. Mm. It's so hard to get people on that line of thinking uh, for everything. Right. And I guess that's probably why fast fashion is so popular because it's so hard to get our mentality out of, you know, short term, maybe gain, for like long-term failure instead of being like, okay, like whatever, I'll spend a hundred dollars on this thing now or whatever the price is. And then down the line, it's like, it's, it's, it's gonna, like, we, we do this for everything. Our governments do it. It's like, well, we can't afford it now, even though long-term it's going to be, it's going to save us money. And, and well, I'm curious, you know, you have all this background in finance and business management and like, how do you get, how do you get people into that mentality of, of thinking, you know, along the lines, the way you're thinking? By conversation. It's as simple as that. Um, (laughs) 
It's why I mainly target um, entrepreneurs and CEOs or executives of companies because mm. they already have that uh, projected thinking, like long-term thinking for projects that they might be doing for visions that they need to accomplish and things of the sort. So it's like, take that same mindset and now apply it to what you put on your body, on your skin, literally, because it, your skin is the biggest organ, right? So that's also another thing that I'm like very passionate about. Eventually, I want to make sure that natural dyes um, are used in more fashion because you're putting these like fake dyes or, and whatnot on your skin directly. How is that impacting your health? right? <laughs> I never thought of that. No. <laughs> well, it's, it's a lot of thinking that we need to do a lot of research. Um, I'm no scientist in the mm. field. So I'm really curious to lean on my peers and see what they find out. Um, which is why I'm involved with a really good organization called Fashion Takes Action. Um, they educate um, people in general, they do workshops, they go to schools, um, and they they share this mission with them of, you know, fashion needs to take action because it is the biggest pollutant in the world and we need to stop it dead on its tracks. It's you, there's so much to think about now. You've just opened my mind to a whole bunch of more things to think about, but just with fashion and clothes, but not only the climate impact, not only the exploitive nature of some of, you know, how, some of these big companies treat their workers in, in countries like Bangladesh and India and Taiwan and, and all those places. But now we're, the health impact, which is something I have never considered. And now I'm like, oh, okay, that <laughs> makes a lot of sense. Because, I mean, we've interacted a little bit on social media. Um, you know, you, you know that mental health, I think, is really important to me. And, you know, everything we do plays into that. And it's like, how is not only the the I don't I don't know the proper word but like how fashion can make you feel mentally and and relieve stress and like elevate your mood but now also perhaps this the science impact of you know does wearing cheap dyes or 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 bad bad products on your skin like did that play a role in in any of your health mm-hmm. and now I'm just like oh damn <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot to uncover and I don't want to overwhelm you or your audience with it because it's all a work in progress. Mm. Um, But I just want to raise awareness that it is a possibility. Who knows? Maybe somebody comes back with a research and they say all the dice that have been used in fast fashion or not fast fashion are great for the skin and actually make it softer. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Right. Um, But it's just something to ponder about and, and to just like think, twice before you purchase an item you know think what what will be the cost per wear of this item how often do I truly see myself wearing this does it match with items I already have does it um does it reflect the future vision I have of myself um right that's yeah I want to talk about (laughs) in a minute I do want to talk about matching because I'm brutal at that but before we, before we get there, um, you, you, you mentioned working with this organization and they do a bunch of things like, are people researching things like this right now? You mentioned like leaning on some of your peers, which I think is great. And you're right. Like 
let's not overwhelm anyone, but like the whole goal of this podcast is to raise awareness for things like this. So people can be like, oh, wow. Okay. I didn't know about that. And then kind of like, you know, get in touch or, or research. So what sorts of things like do we know right now about when it comes to fashion? And I know that's a big, broad question. So just like answer it how, how you want, but like, what sort of things do we already know? And, and what have you found out working with this organization? So one of the main things we already know is that anything made out of um, microplastic or many clothes produce a um, thing that's called microplastics. So a lot of things like elastane um, and other fabrics that I don't know on top of my head, but um, they produce these microplastics, which are released when you wash your clothes, when you wear them out to the beach or anything of the sort. Um, and then eventually they end up in our oceans, in our fish, and then back into our system. So that's one of the main elements and takeaways I've taken from um, the various workshops that they host. Um, another one is that clothes used to be worn more for religious reasons um, and social class statuses. Mm. So that's a whole other part of history that I'm fascinated about mm -hmm. and, and want to dig deeper into. Um, and I think it still, stand true, still stands true to this day. However, with that knowledge, we can now use it to our advantage so that we dress for the part that we want. I think the world is full of opportunities. It's just a matter of, are you ready to take them? Mm. Yeah, you hear that quote so much, right? The don't dress for the job you have, dress for the job you want. And some people might roll their eyes at that. But you're right, we can manipulate that psychology of class and, and how we portray ourselves. And, you know, you walk into a, say, a restaurant, you're in like a nice suit, got a nice watch, you're looking fly. You know, people have their eyes on you. They're like, oh, I wonder what that guy does or that woman does. Or, you know, I wonder, you know, what kind of car they drive all those different things. And it, it is so interesting. Is this organization Ottawa based or is this like a global uh, kind of initiative? Cause I know you mentioned too, you're involved in a, a challenge. This was off mic before we got started uh, a color challenge or something like, is this, is this something anyone can get involved with or is it like yeah. more niche for people in the industry? No, it's something anybody can get involved in. However, today, unfortunately is the last day for that particular challenge. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I was going to say to sign up. I was like, no. <laughs> yeah. But um, if you follow Fashion Takes Action on Instagram, um, then you're, you'll be aware of these challenges. Um, they also host lots of workshops and things of the sort. So um, to answer your question, they're based out of Toronto, mm. but they are a global organization. Um, so this particular challenge is actually me, a girl from um, also from Ontario and another one who is located in the UK. Oh, wow. So we just, you know, we're, um, we exchanged our information, followed, followed each other on Instagram because we saw we were posting about Fashion Takes Action. Um, we connected and we were like, hey, it would be great to do a challenge where for each day of the week, you wear a different color. And that encourages people to go through what they already own um, and potentially even repair things that they already own of that color. Um, for me, that was yesterday I was wearing a green suit 
it's a green suit that I actually got um, custom made um, last year before the pandemic. Um, however, somehow I managed to rip one of the seams. But yesterday I repaired it because it was the only green thing I had in my wardrobe. And I was like, what a perfect occasion. Mm. Um, but yeah, it encourages people to do that. And then you just post up on Instagram your outfit of the day. You tag Fashion Takes Action and the FTA uh, Color Challenge. That's what we're calling it. Um, and there's going to be other challenges. Like this is just the beginning. We just started um, as ambassadors for like volunteer ambassadors for this program maybe two months ago. So I know more interesting initiatives are going to come out of it for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. I think that that's one of the, I think, coolest things about the way social media has connected people from around the world in uniting them with common goals that you can, you know, meet someone you might never meet in real life. You might, which would be fun too, but, but like you both have this shared passion about fashion and sustainable fashion and, and, you know, you can just meet them and, and do this challenge and, and, and there you go. Do, do you find too, with like a group like this, like, do you pick up different things because like I, I assume like fashion is very different and subjective depending where you are in the world like are you picking up things that you're like oh I think that would really work in in Canada which is funny because I, I think of Ottawa as like a very fashion fashion conservative you know city like, right I don't I never like if you go to Montreal you see people very like flashy they're looking good in Ottawa it's, it's exactly that khakis and like dress shirt type look in the government um like do you find things that you can like bring back to Ottawa that like might work yeah absolutely I so I'm a big traveler um mm. this is actually the first full winter I've spent in Canada I'm so sorry <laughs> like a few years <laughs> it's all good I survived my <laughs> winter 2020-21 <laughs> so um yeah no I think traveling allows you to bring another element to your own sense of culture which then translates into whether like that's the music you consume the art you admire um or the fashion that you start wearing um, I think of fashion as a as an art, you know, I think it's mm. like an element of art every single day you um, pick the colors that you want to, you know, dress yourself with and artify yourself with. Um, and not everybody's gonna like the same things as you. It's very subjective, just like art. So um, I have high hopes for Ottawa. I think um, there's more and more people that are coming from elsewhere as well. Yeah, that's that true. brings to the element of diversity. And I love that because I think that's important. You need to find your own sense of style and not copy what somebody else is doing. But in order to find your own sense of style, you need to take elements from different people that you like. So it's a little bit of um, get inspired, but inspire yourself. <laughs> yeah, that is such a great point. It it comes with diversity and, and and different people coming in. So it's not, you know, old, boring Bob uh, in the corner <laughs> cubicle, like setting the dress code. You know what I mean? Like, it's such a good point. Uh, and I love that. Because um, like I said, like, right, like I brought up about being in that small town, you know, I wasn't exposed to a lot, but I certainly 
was not exposed to any sort of fashion. And that's lasted with me throughout my years until very recently where I've, I say, I say, explore, explore a little bit more, but really it's, it's still very blue jeans, black shirt, like, you know, but it's just different black shirts now instead of the same one. Um, but even not experiencing at a young age, and if anyone did try to dress in any sort of way that was against the norm, you know, they would be made fun of, they would be bullied, they would be called derogatory terms, uh, especially, I don't know how old you are, but I'm 28, turning 29. So when I was going to high school, and like grade seven, grade eight, like South Park had that episode about metrosexuals, and like, anyone who wanted to wear pink or wear something that wasn't just normal, like would be relentlessly bullied. And I think that like that scared anyone or everyone away from any sort of fashionable expression. And now like for me, it's totally lasted as a self-conscious thing throughout till now. Do you ever feel, or do you ever see like when you're having fun with clothing or people, you know, or, or having fun and expressing themselves through clothing that even now when we think that the world is so much more open that they, they face a lot of like a ridicule or bullying or or harassment. It depends how secure you are within yourself. Like, I think that's very valid to be scared to try new things in fashion because we have that trauma from childhood. Um, Without going too much into details, like in my childhood, I was bullied because I had a French accent. I didn't speak English until I worked in retail. Um, And I was constantly changing schools because of that. Mm. Um, But then that, you know, I have the, the biggest blessing in my family. Like they are amazing. My mom is a psychologist and she knows how to deal with me. (laughs) So she gave me the confidence and always told me like, does it really matter what other people are saying if you are happy at your core? Mm. That's what you should focus on. Focus on what makes you happy. Um, One of the best conversations that I overheard my mom having with my grandma was in the time where I actually didn't know what I was going to study. Um, And my grandma was a little nervous. It's just how she is. She's a little bit of an anxious personality. And she was like, she's like, she's not going to be a lawyer. She's not going to be a doctor. Like, what is she going to be? Where is she going to go to school? Like she needs to start in like six months. She needs to be applying and all of that. Um, And my mom told her, if my daughter wants to be a bus driver, I just pray to God that she is the happiest bus driver Mm. on earth. And that really set the tone for me to not be scared of failure to always risk more in life and to focus on happiness as a whole, Um, not just within me, but also of my community. I'm always looking to provide value to others and make them happy. Um, If I see someone like tugging at their clothes and be uncomfortable and yada, yada, like that's not fashion. (laughs) Like follow your own rhythm and flow of fashion. Make your own rules and break them and make them again. Mm. I like that. It's a good one. That's a, that's a good one for so many different areas of life. Make your rules and break them. 
Mm -hmm. I'm going to copyright that a little bit from you and (laughs) I'll I'll credit you. Don't worry, but I I love it. Um, So we're going into spring. I know it's a pandemic uh, going into summer. (sighs) What sorts of trends are going on right now? I know you mentioned that mom, mom jeans are back and polos. Uh, Generation Z is relentlessly bullying millennials on side parts and skinny jeans (laughs) <laughs> you know, especially for people in their late twenties, early thirties, who, who are, I guess not express, like they're not able to always wear clothes to like go to the office anymore. Like what are, what sorts of things are, are you looking at without giving too much away, of course, cause we want people to go to you, but what are some things that like you're looking towards uh, in the next little bit in terms of what's going to work, what's going to be fun um, just generally? Yeah, well, my main pillar for me, for my personal style is chic comfort. So those are words that for the longest time, I had in a post-it in my wardrobe so that I could remember what my, what my goal was, to be comfortable, but chic. And I think that's what it is right now as well. It's like, you want to be comfortable. Um, let's be real. We are in a pandemic and we don't want to be going towards like high fashion ball gowns are like (laughs) out of the the window um so we want to be comfortable but how do you you dress comfortably um and also you know ambitiously because i want to bring that ambition out of people i think it's a beautiful creative time to be in as much as the pandemic sucked i think it brought a lot of blessings in disguise one of them being creativity for a lot more things in life Mm-hmm. Taking the time to slow down is often necessary. And we haven't done that in a long time since technology has been brought on board. Mm-hmm. Right? So let me show you my outfit. I know this is a podcast, but let me explain you it. You can see it on YouTube. Perfect. So I'm literally just wearing a black joggers with a black tank top that is made out of a bamboo modal. So it's very mm-hmm. flexible, breathable, and comfortable. And then I topped it off with a blazer that's a little bit oversized. So very simple, very comfortable. It looks great on camera, mm-hmm. um, but it, it also makes you look chic and comfort. Chic and comfort. Again, you know, like you have to find these words that resonate the most with you and then establish your style based on that. Right. When you say chic, what, is, what does that mean to you? For me, chic is something that just looks elegant, you know? It's mm, like, okay. you know, where did you get that blazer? Where did you get that look? But it's like, I don't know. I've had these sweatpants for like years, maybe decades. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this shirt I got on a trip in Europe. And then this blazer I got, um, God knows, I've had it for a few years as well. <laughs> I, I, and I, I, I mentioned I love the blazer because it's, it's like fun and funky. But like, you're right. Like, it looks... It, it, it does like it draws your eye like you're like oh like that's cool but it's got fun little patterns and and I love that type of stuff I want to do t- I want to talk about a little bit about comfort because that is so important um and especially for someone like me I have a very awkward body size I'm very heavy in the shoulders and chest but I kind of got skinny legs and you know like it's just it's hard to find things that make me feel good and, and fit well mm-hmm. when we're talking about comfort what sorts of fabrics what sorts of things are we really like looking for in general when because I know everyone's different and it comfort's going to mean something different to everybody but I mean comfort in terms of like 
the the material it's made from comfort for the terms like that's going to be flexible for you um like like the sweatpants and the shirt how they look nice but they're also very breathable flowy like you're not like restricted being like yeah i'm super comfy um what sorts of things should people just in general look for uh when when they want to dress nice but for comfort as well um one of my favorite um fabrics is bamboo rayon um so bamboo is great in terms of breathability but also because bamboo grows really quickly um Mm. after a few years it just shoots all the way up and you don't need to completely um like uproot it you can just cut it so then it grows again which is a wonderful thing Mm. um there's hemp. Oh my God. So many new products are coming out of hemp and I'm so excited to see what people design, um, out of that. And like, these are still niche things. I would say there's more and more companies that are out there in the public and you can find a lot of them at Nordstrom, for example. So like higher end retailers, um, And a lot of them don't break the bank. If you think long term, it's like, okay, I can't afford a $40 t-shirt because I'm going to have it for 10 years, Mm -hmm. which is the case for this shirt. I've had it for a long, long, long time. I bought this at um, Terra 20 when like I was in college. So it's been a while. Um, And yeah, those are some of the fabrics um, for one of the things that people don't know is that merino wool is actually very good for sportswear. So um, mm. for athletic wear, because it is breathable, it dries really quickly. Um, and it's, um, how do you say this? Like antibacterial. So it mm-hmm. doesn't um, hold on to like sweat as much as another fabric would. Um, like very a synthetic fabric. And I don't think anyone would ever equate wool to being good athletically. (laughs) But you're seeing more and more companies like I know Under Armour has a really good um, like an undershirt for skiing that's made out of uh, merino wool. Hmm. There is a company called Outbound, uh, Outbound Merino, I think, or Outbound Wool um, that does like all your basics in merino wool. Um, There is more and more companies that are like gravitating towards this and i'm really happy that it's also becoming more mainstream like i just mentioned mm-hmm. under armor like that's awesome that they're doing this um north face is another company that also um evolves a lot with their technology and different fabrics so you know it's not necessarily like look for the little mom and pop shop support those they're good and they're the best thing for the economy on a financial level but also look for the bigger companies um, that have these initiatives, but be mindful that it's only a few products and not their entire line. Right. Okay. Like I said, I want to talk about matching a little bit. Okay. Cause that's something I don't understand at all. I don't know what looks good with what people tell me I look good in blue. Mm-hmm. So that's always nice to hear. I don't particularly wear a lot of blue. <laughs> so like what types of things, like, how do you, know if you don't know things that match things that complement each other you know what I mean like when you have no idea about any of this stuff and you want a basic knowledge like how do you put that together so I actually just took out this color oh look at that (laughs) 
this is probably the best $5 investment I've made. I've had it for, I don't know, since high school, probably. Um, and this is a great tool. You can also find it on the internet. Like you just Google color wheel. All right. So first you have what you call a complementary color. So you say you look good in blue. So a complementary color to blue would be orange, which makes sense why blue looks so good on you, right? It's science, people. <laughs> yeah. And then let's say um, you wanted to pair a blue shirt with like one of these shades of orange. Um, you have multiple shades or you could also go the tertiary route. Let me give this a little spin. So you have blue on this side and then you have this type of red orange and then yellow. So if you were to work with three different elements, let's say um, an outfit like what you're wearing, a dress shirt, a t-shirt and pants, um, three pieces, you could make your decision based on these colors. Um, yeah. And then it also like, I love color theory um, and the elements that it brings out within you. So yellow, like I'm wearing right now, mm -hmm. is seen as the color of happiness. Mm -hmm. so you, it's very bright. It, it, definitely when you see it, 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 like I was like, oh, like, hello. <laughs> exactly. I probably seem happier than I truly am. Uh, <laughs> on a gloomy day, wear yellow. <laughs> mm. That'll make you happier instantaneously. Um, red is the color of power. Red is actually my favorite color. Um, I just, I don't know. I love wearing it. I love how I can just walk into a room and feel confident. I don't have to say a single word to anyone, but it's just that aura that it gives you. Mm -hmm. um, blue is the color of calmness. So if you want to like just calm yourself down a little bit one day um, or, you know, you want to portray like serene aspects of your life, like you want to be um, more centered, it's a good color to wear. Green is the color of groundness. So if you want to feel more grounded, more connected to nature, green is a good color to wear. Um, I used to wear green a lot. I was working in Toronto for a little bit um, and I missed the forest. And <laughs> so one day I got myself a forest green sweater and I was just like cuddling it and made me feel like I was near the forest mm. again. That's little elements like this that trick the brain and it goes into like psychology and um, behavior. I absolutely love that. And you're, you're right. Like that's not, I, I don't know. Like I, I think some people might think that's hokey pokey, but that like that totally resonates with me and is so true. And we were talking a little bit about how clothes and color can elevate your mood or you know like when you're feeling good when you're feeling confident it's just it's like a totally new you like you could walk into any room and you're just like what's up like you go into a presentation you're like here we go yeah it, it, it is it is so true that the clothes and the colors and everything really like speak volumes and can pick you up and can give off what you're trying to portray and yeah. I just I that's kind of like when we started talking on social media. That's like really where like, I was like, no, this would actually be really cool because it, it's so true. And it's something that so many, especially men do not consider or ever even talk about. 
We do not talk about fashion. You never walk into a room and be like, hey man, really like your clothes. Like that, like we just, it's not a thing. Sometimes it is, but like really it's not. Um, and like that's why I was like, this would I think just be so eye-opening to a lot of people on, on the potential. Um, and like you said, it's a gloomy day. You're feeling a little down. I mean, everything right now going on with with the world, like it, it can be tough. And sometimes just doing something as simple as putting on something bright and fun. Mm-hmm. It's not going to cure you, but it could be enough to like, just kind of give you a little boost, just put a little yeah. pop in your step, you know? <laughs> exactly. Like that's a good point. Actually. I do fashion, not because I think it will cure <laughs> the world's sorrows, but <laughs> because I think it's a step to getting mm. there. Um, and if you take multiple little steps, eventually you achieve your distance. Right. So mm. it's not like, <laughs> you have a lot of great little like little, like metaphor liner things where you're just saying I'm just like mm, yeah <laughs> sorry to interrupt you <laughs> I just like you're like Woo. <laughs> yeah I just I hear it I'm just like yeah yeah <laughs> maybe a bousquet book will come out one day um, <laughs> I'm a big creator I love creating different things and that's why like fashion stimulates me in that sense because it's one thing that helped me accomplish many other goals, Mm. which is what I'm trying to help other people do. Um, For me, it's like, that's actually how I ended up working in finance at a very young age in a board of directors position. Um, That's how I ended up working in tech and pitching business uh, opportunities to people. Again, from a pretty young age, I mean, I'm under 30. So I've accomplished all these things before Mm -hmm. three decades of my life. Um, And I've seen it like, and I've seen it help other people too. So I had a lot of managers, a lot of like the owner of a company that I worked at would come to me for fashion advice. And then he would come and tell and report back to me the next day. And he's like, yeah, I freaking killed that pitch. It was amazing. Thank you for that tie recommendation. It made the whole like switch. And I was like, it's all the little things. It's all the little things that help you achieve your biggest, greatest goals. One way is fashion. Another one that I love is psychology. Another one is um, fitness, nutrition, and personal finance is another um you know, I think it's really important to touch on personal finance when it comes to your fashion journey, to your fitness journey, but to your life journey as a whole. Um, you need to be in a comfortable place so that you can be confident in life. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's such a great point. And, you know, as someone who advocates and speaks about mental health, you know, a big message for me and a lot of other people is, you know, it, it's it's not just one thing that's going to make you feel better or it's not going to like really elevate your life it's it's all these different things and that's again going back to the little thing you said it's all those little steps it's like yes so true all the little steps right it is all those little things that are going to again it, it might not cure you but it's definitely going to bring you to a place that is better than not doing anything and that's like I love this conversation and now putting fashion and my fashion choices into that mix of of what I'm doing and like I said right off the top at the beginning of the pandemic was like the worst part one of the worst parts of my life I then went through a breakup uh, of my long-term girlfriend so it was like even worse and and part of it it wasn't everything but just 
getting dressed again and not sitting in my my shorts and pajamas and whatever working getting dressed having a morning routine doing my hair for whatever hair I have which is not much but you know what I mean like that helped just pick me up a little bit um and that's you know something that now I'm like okay yeah so now it's part of the routine so I think that's great and I did want to touch on for people who are listening I was blown away by this color wheel thing and I think that is so cool. So if you weren't watching it, you can go to YouTube and watch it. Or like she said, Google the color wheel. Cause it like literally blew my mind. Yeah. Super easy tool to use. Uh, and there's yeah. videos about it, color theory. And, you know, if you have any questions, I'm also always open to answering on Instagram <laughs> or my website anywhere. Beautiful. Before I let you go, cause I wanted to touch on this subject because it's become a big thing in my life. When, when I'm a big transition I made this year is like talking to teens and young men about healthy expression, uh, dismantling things among toxic masculinity. And one of the big thing that made me really want to tackle this problem is when Harry Styles was in that fashion shoot wearing the dress and how it angered so many men. And I just, I'm like, who cares? Like this guy, he's looking so good. He could have pretty much anybody he wants. So there's, you know, he's not doing it for that, but like to call him names and be like, women hate that. Like, it's like, no, Harry Styles is doing just fine. Thank you. Um, It it just opened my eyes to how men are are so closed off to expressing ourselves. And I, I wanted to talk to you about redefine how fashion is being redefined for men, mm-hmm. right? Like we're, we're, we're used to suits. We're used to the suit and tie um, jeans and a t-shirt, but now we're seeing as society opens up, um, you know, gender is no longer binary and people can be very fluid and expressive with what they wear, you know, to you, how is like fashion being redefined? Like we're not saying everyone has to wear a dress if they don't want to, especially as a man, but like it's becoming okay. So how, how are we redefining fashion for men? And like, what, where do you see the future kind of going with, with things like this? So there is um, more and more awareness toward uh, what we call androgynous fashion. So androgynous being like fluid between the sexes. Um, I don't think that, you know, when you look at Harry Styles, for example, that's a great example. Um, Is he looking to please the masses or just a few people that he truly cares about and to make an impact on the world? I think his biggest goal is to make an impact on the few people that are admiring that rather than listening to the masses who may say like, oh, that's disgusting, like whatever they may say or shout. Um, and that's exactly the attitude that you need to bring in whenever you get dressed. Mm. It's like, you want quality over quantity. You want to dress for yourself, first of all, always for yourself, but like, who are you trying to please as well? Like it's a two way communication, right? So it's like, um, think of the receiver as well. Like if you're if you're trying to open a bank account and like ask for a loan, for example, then you might want to dress the part for it. Um, but fluidity in fashion, I think, is very relevant to um, t- 
today's so socioeconomy almost. Mm. Um, and yeah, if it makes you happy, wear it. Honestly, that's baseline. Just if it makes you happy, wear it. If you think about it, clothing is just a piece of fabric. What defines that fabric is the maker. So it's mm. like... That's another one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like if it's, a, if it's a dress, if it's a shirt, you know, it's like it comes down to like it's all the same piece of fabric, you know. So just wear it if it makes you happy. And people will judge. But those people are bored are insecure if you're not satisfied with yourself that's when you start judging others so yeah it's yeah no you're you're so right and that's what that's what me i was like who like why do you care so much like if he's happy if he's feeling good i mean i think harry styles is the envy of almost every man in a, in a lot of cases with that confidence you know like that just that true confidence in who he is i mean i don't know him he could struggle behind the scenes but he portrays confidence yeah and he but he also does it in, a, in an elegant way that like is with inclusion and with respect and with elevating others like it's not a confidence of being like i'm cocky and better than you it's like a confidence of like he also brings you up in in, in another way mm-hmm. and, and i just i I find him so fascinating in that respect and in a lot of ways, like a role model for a lot of men on, on ways to healthy, like express yourself in a healthy way. Yeah. And I think like his vision and the vision of the people that have been able to shift mountains is that a lot of uh, our generation, I would say is like trying to please the masses, but that's not how you get real results. So focus on the one person you're trying to please. The first one should be you. The second one is like your peers or whoever's around you that you know will encourage you and support you. And if you don't have that support system, break up with your friends. <laughs> Become friends with us. Yeah. We'll encourage you. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Um, listen, this was, I, I say it on a lot of podcasts, but like this was super great. Uh, it was blew every expectation I had and, and I loved every minute of it. So if people want to get in touch with you, they want to, you know, get a consultation, explore your business and, and what you're trying to accomplish, where, where do people find you? Yeah. So I'm on Instagram as camila.bousquet. Um, my website for Bousquet Fashion is bousquetfashion.com. And if ever you're, you want to connect on LinkedIn, on Facebook, anything of the sort, um, Camila Busque. So that's C-A-M-I-L-A. My last name is Busque, B-O-U-S-Q-U-E-T. Think of it as a bouquet of flowers with an S in the middle. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Camila, this was, again, so great. Thank you so much. Uh, it was a real treat. It was awesome talking to you. <laughs> you take the red pill you stay in wonderland and i show you how deep the rabbit hole goes